We all remember the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic, right? One memory that I don't think I'll ever forget was a trip to the old neighborhood grocery store. And I don't know exactly which night it was, but it was right at the very beginning. It was the night or the night after the night. You remember that night Tom Hanks uh, announced that he had COVID. Uh, That was the same night that the minor hockey team that I coached was told that was it. Go play the game that you're about to play. And that's hockey's done after that. NHL shut down, NBA shut down. You could see where things were going pretty quickly. It was all happening pretty fast and a little bit of panic set in, right? And I think people started to freak out a little bit. We had some unprecedented levels of, hey, what's going on here? This isn't good. So anyway, I I went to the neighborhood grocery store, the Safeway by my house, like I've done literally a million times for years and years and years and years. And, you know, usually you go into the bakery section and there's buns everywhere and loaves of bread and the whole, it was all gone, empty. The shelves were bare. There was nothing there. Um, Everything in the store was picked over and it it was eerie. It was a weird, I'd never seen anything like that before. And you started to think, wait a minute, this is... This isn't good. What's going on here? Um, now, th- that didn't last very long, as you know. There was a little bump in the road at the beginning, but groceries basically just kept on coming. And, we, you know, we had people on the air saying, don't worry, don't worry. The food supply will be there. It's, it don't You don't have to freak out. But people freaked out anyway. And one of the things, of course, we all remember, you know, flour was one of them, but toilet paper. I don't know. I don't know what made us think that this was the be-all and the end-all. But you remember people lining up outside of Costco, like, hours before the store opened to get toilet paper like this was the thing right you remember that um why do we do that why do we fall victim to panic like that believe it or not there's people working on answering that very question i think this will be really really interesting we're going to have a chat now with omar ferris if i'm saying it correctly a lecturer at the ted rogers school of retail management in toronto at the metropolitan university Uh, omar thanks for being here i appreciate it thank you for having me did i get the last name right you got it right. Perfect. It right. Okay. Um, now, I, I've said before, whenever we talk about this pandemic, if, if nothing else, we need to learn from it. we got to learn from it, because if not, it was a completely wasted time in human history. Um, what we saw around panic shoppers surely presents an opportunity to study this phenomenon of, of, of panic buying, because we all went through it, right? We can all remember it. It's recent. We all saw what happens when people start to get a little, a little freaked out by things. Yeah, you know, and and one of the key drivers of us studying the phenomena is trying to understand ourselves a a little bit better, um, you know, as we react to certain... Next stop muttered. Why we react to certain situations. So this is one of the key drivers uh, we're interested in looking at. And, you know, why on earth would people hoard? So we tried our best to answer a part of that question, at least. So you... you do the study, trying to figure out how we came to that point. You start with the psychology of shoppers based on Next stop based on five oh, traits, the old right? Um, conservatory. Hang on, we got some noise there. Derek, can you hear that? Yeah. I can. I'm not sure what that is. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what I'll that track is. I'll track it down. Yeah, Sarah's going to go yell at somebody. Okay. Um, so you break it down into the psychology of shoppers, five different traits. Let's go through them. It starts with narcissism, right? That's the first yeah. characteristic you tried to analyze? Sure. Yeah. So we looked at narcissism um, and uh, we've looked at psychological entitlement, status consumption, fear of embarrassment and fear of missing out. And in essence, if we start with narcissism, you know, one can conceptualize narcissism by uh, the idea of heightened sense of self-importance. And also it's associated with a lack of empathy for others. 
Right. So as in, yeah, I'm more important. This is right. in I'm special. a very simple way to say <laughs> what narcissism is. Right. So that makes um, sense. You can see why they might start to think uh, that they're, they're entitled, right? Because that's another piece of this. Psychological entitlement is another trait. But there's some parallels with narcissism there, isn't there? Yes, absolutely. So, uh, you know, it's a, a kind of a sub area uh, that relates directly to narcissism. And this is where one would say, no, no, no. I deserve a special treatment. I am special. I, des- I deserve a privilege. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we definitely encounter people like that. There's no doubt. Um, yeah. The other things we look at here, and this one I think we can all recognize, right? It's sort of like it's a, it's a, it's a status. It's a status symbol yeah. to have access to something that other people can't find. Yeah, and you know, we were interested in measuring this because what on earth is the status of uh, getting a toilet paper right. or, you know, <laughs> purchasing vitamin C? So we wanted to see and examine whether having at the time of scarcity, uh, at the time where these items are perceived to be lower in the market for whatever reason, supply chain issues, and whether they truly are or not, and they were. Um, We wanted to see, say, well, does that give me status to have something that people are looking for? Whether, you know, it's not like the best new Nike shoes or whatever. No, it's toilet papers. So we were very interested in finding out a little bit more about, well, does that play any role here? It's really interesting because you got the first three that we just talked about are sort of like superiority things. I'm special. I'm, you know, this. I'm entitled to this. The other two are the opposite. Fear of embarrassment and fear of missing out. That's kind of like you don't want to be inferior, right? Yep. So we looked at the other side of the equation, say, hey, listen, I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to be, you know, well, negatively judged by others for many things. For example, we also looked at um, uh, purchasing masks, COVID masks. Right. And I want to make sure I have enough masks and, you know, that's important to me. Uh, and fear of missing out. Say, hey, everyone's got it. Everyone is buying 10 toilet papers. I don't want to be the one that doesn't have. Right. <laughs> so we, these were kind of a, a wealth of factors we were interested in saying, well, does that tell us anything about how humans uh, behave in times of panic? Um, okay. So now we've broken it down into what's sort of driving our behavior and what makes us do what we yeah. do in times like that. So you can then take those traits and divide all of us shoppers or citizens into four basic categories, right? Let's run through those. What yeah. are, what's an egalitarian? How did they approach all of this? Sure. So a definition of an egalitarian um, is someone who displays lower levels of narcissism um, and psychological entitlement. So they're, they're, you know, the ones that, you know, are really kind of selfless in that sense. They'd be usually more community oriented and they have a balanced approach towards life in general. So now this group is likely, uh, from what we found, to have belief in community responsibility and the idea of fairness. So there's the idea of empathy, which is, you know, one of the opposites of narcissism. So they're the kind of individuals you'd see, you know, volunteering for their community to say, hey, we're coming together, we're doing something. Here's what we found about this group, okay? In terms of how they purchased, they didn't hoard as much as the other groups I'm going to talk about in a second. Yeah. Uh, You know, they were more... You know, if there's, um, if they need only, you know, one pack of toilet paper or whatever, and there's two available, they would say, you know what, my community is better off having this. I'm just going to get one. Okay. I like that. Yeah. 
That we need more of those people, Omar. That, uh, those yeah. are the, <laughs> what about, this is what we were hoping for during COVID. <laughs> uh, so then we've got the conformists. They're, they're, yeah. uh, they're just following the orders, right? They're doing what they're told. They're just doing what they're told. Listen, government asked me to yeah. buy masks. I'm going to go buy masks. So they, they, they did purchase. They didn't hoard as much, but they did purchase essential items as per government requirements. Listen, a store says this. I'm not going to find the leeway. I'm not going to try to find the leeway of getting more stuff. Whatever the government says, I'm going to do. Okay. Uh, that might be me. That might be me. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, let's go through the other two. Communal egoists. Now you're getting fancy. What's that? Okay. So I'm going to actually compare it with Agentic because I think it's really interesting. So two very interesting groups came up. We looked at people who had higher levels of narcissism and we've divided it uh, based on your behavior towards your community and your behavior towards yourself. So communal egoists, in very simple ways to look at it, is to say, well, there is a level of ego, there is a level of narcissism, an increased level of narcissism compared to other groups and psychological entitlement. But interestingly enough, we also looked at the behavior of sharing. This group would be the ones to buy maybe, let's say, 10 packs of toilet paper, and they would share maybe with their friends, their family, but the motive behind this, in the, in the internal motive, the very deep inside of us motive behind this, is actually the need to stand out and the need to be unique. And it's driven mainly by narcissism. Oh. So you can think about it this way. You know, uh, someone very nice organizing a party to bring the whole community together. Right. But then they need to be the center of the attention. Okay. Or what about not being the center of attention, but just sort of getting the credit and being looked at? Getting the credit. As long as they get the credit, as long as they stand out, as long as people acknowledge to say, hey, thank you for doing this. This is the driver here. So they did share. They did share what they have, right? Yeah. But they wanted credit. They wanted to stand out. Gotcha. Now, we have agentic egoists, and the agentic egoists, high level of narcissism, psychological entitlement, the whole bit, but they are not willing to share. As in, this is, this is for me, I, I'm important, you can think about it in a very simple way, I wrote in the article too, if you're standing in a line, they will try to cut the line because they <laughs> think they're more important. <laughs> okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what does this mean if you're a retailer? I mean, obviously they, they were in the middle of all this, what can they do with this info? Sure. So one, uh, retailers need to understand their uh, segments, their market segments, and understand the surroundings. So every retailer has access to some basic data about your consumer. And if you don't have the quantitative data, you have some sort of understanding what kind of area, what kind of neighborhood, what kind of behaviors do you see. People understand this. Now, from a retailer perspective, one would adjust approach accordingly. So listen, if you know, you have a lot of agentic egoists in your area. Maybe you can limit purchases or you can derive marketing approaches to push people to say, well, community people, think about community. Right. Think about, you know, what you're doing to others and try to elicit the feelings of how important the communities are. Uh, you know, if 
you understand, um, you know, you have egalitarians, right? So you say, okay, come help us out because egalitarians want to help the community. So you push programs to say egalitarians will be supporters of a specific cause. So retailers, it starts with understanding who are your customers in a, in a particular area and then tailoring that accordingly. <laughs> and you know yeah. they're working on it. Omar, yeah. fascinating work. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. I really do appreciate it. Oh, it's a pleasure.